Justin Trudeau's liberals survived a confidence vote over a conservative push to dig deeper into the We Charity affair. Canadians may be spared a fall election, but the political games are far from over. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Chris Nardi joins me to discuss why the Liberals seem keen to push us close to a pandemic election, why this move poses a problem for the NDP, and whether this hampers the Conservative efforts to hold the government to account. Don't forget, you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you could leave me a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Chris, we all know minority parliaments are rife with political brinksmanship, but the timing of this latest game of chicken felt particularly strange. So what sparked last week's, I guess, almost confidence vote or confidence vote? What? How do we get to where we are? I think that the official spark is a little bit, you know, explains the context too. Um so the official spark, officially the spark was a conservative motion that was brought forward uh, that basically asked to create a anti-corruption committee. It's a heck of a name for a heck of a committee, admittedly, which was basically a committee of 15 MPs that were mostly opposition MPs, and it would be chaired, as the motion reads, by a conservative MP. And this committee's job was basically to look at any issues of corruption within the government. So you can read liberal in front of government in this case, because they are mm-hmm. the government, focusing specifically or, or firstly on the We Charity scandal, but then also opening the door to a series of other scandals that have popped up over the summer, whether it's uh, contracts for PPE to people who are close to the Liberal Party, whether it's the job that Katie Telford, who's Justin Trudeau's chief of staff, her husband, Rob Silver, got some contracts, uh, his company got contracts with the federal government, and then he was uh, also reported in the National Post and elsewhere to have made pressure that are as deemed uh, un- uh, to say unbecoming uh, to change the wage subsidy program so that his company could benefit from it, because as of now, they cannot. This committee was structured to look into all these issues, and obviously that really ticked off the Liberal government, who, as Justin Trudeau has said it a few weeks ago, is very much over the We Charity scandal. They said, we've done our part, we've given you all the documents, they claim we've had, we've, we've put the Prime Minister in front of committees, anyone else you've asked for, it's done. We're done. Canadians want to move on. It became kind of a headbutt between the oppositions who want to keep the steady up on We Charity and these other issues and the government who wants to move on, who wants to clear up all the other committees. You know, there were up to four committees, remember this summer, Dave, who were studying the We Charity uh, issue as opposed to actual pandemic uh, issues. So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of where the, but, the, the heads butt. And it was an evolution over, let's say, four or five days and one, one weekend in the middle of it where the Conservatives brought forward the proposition of this motion saying uh, we're going to be using this on our opposition day. That's a Friday. And then over the weekend, you start having rumors, oh, the Liberals might make this a confidence vote. On Monday, the House leader, Pablo Rodriguez, who's a Liberal, um, basically threatens on Twitter this motion. He calls it ultra-partisan. He calls it unacceptable and basically opens the door to making it a confidence vote. And in this case, what that means is that if the motion passes and this for this 
committee creation, then his government would determine that the other parties in the House had lost confidence in the government. And because it is a minority government, the oppositions altogether obviously hold a majority of seats. So they don't have confidence in the House. The, the prime minister goes to the governor, governor general, says, let's dissolve parliament and go into election because I've lost the confidence of the House. Yeah. So like the government had just survived a, th- a vote on the throne speech by getting the NDP on their side and, and the Tories just fought a leadership contest. So presumably no one's really in the mood for an election. So why, why take it to that point? Why take it to the, oh, we're going to have an election. Is it just to make this motion go away that to make it a confidence vote? Was it a dare by the liberals? Let's see what you guys can do. I would argue that it's, I'm not actually quite convinced that they don't want an election. I'd actually, uh, and I'll explain to you why. So you're right, though, this game of chicken, this was really just a game of chicken, as you said earlier. And it was the liberals basically daring the conservatives, who have obviously been pushing and pushing for more power, for more studies on all these things that are annoying the liberals. And this was basically the the, the last straw, right? The liberals said, okay, you know what? We're, you're going to push this so far. Here's the nuclear option. And then if you're ready to send Canadians to the poll over a committee, you go. And obviously, it is the Liberals who decided this was a confidence motion. It, no one else decided that. No one else wanted that. In fact, the oppositions amended, the Conservatives amended their motion to make sure it was written in it. If this is voted yes for this committee, it does not mean the House has lost confidence in the Prime Minister. But regardless, that's not how confidence um, votes work. But all that to say that I... I do get the sense that the liberals might actually have been pushing at, um, you know, trying to call the opposition's bluff, but also might quite be interested in an election. To get that perspective, you've got to kind of look at what's going on elsewhere in Canada. And obviously, some of it is also was foresight of liberals. But, you know, over this past weekend, we just had a BC election where a minority government uh, dissolved parliament suddenly. And uh, the the reigning party was re-elected with a strong majority. Mm -hmm. Uh, In New Brunswick, similar situation. Blaine Higgs, as the premier, dissolves parliament once, uh, is also dealing with a a difficult parliament. Dissolves it, wins a crushing majority. The liberals have to be looking at what's going on across Canada, seeing these parties basically dissolving uh, dissolving a government, calling election, but clearly uh, voters are not holding that against them despite calling elections in the middle of a pandemic, they are not being punished for that. They're being handsomely rewarded. And the liberals have to be looking at that, have to be looking at polls where they're saying, hey, mm, our polling numbers are looking really good. You know, Canadians seem to be roughly satisfied with the way the pandemic has been managed. Uh, maybe this is our chance to get rid of all this minority government bickering and have free reign to put our agenda in place. But again, I don't think they're willing to bear the odious kind of, of calling election. So yeah, they called, they wanted to call the conservatives bluff. I think another quick explanation um, for why this became a confidence motion out of the blue is because as my colleague was writing in the National Post over the weekend, the conservatives have been pushing their luck a lot in trying to get new committees studying the We Charity. They've been really just kind of trying to take control of parliament gradually, the opposition. And this was probably a way for the liberals to fight that bash, to put a a blockade down and say, absolutely not, we're done here. Stop trying with your power plays. You either 
You either go all the way or you don't. But from now on, we're taking back control of how of what's going on in Parliament. Will that pan out or not? Hard to tell. But that was actually probably very much part of that calculation as well. So, not surprisingly, the Bloc and the Conservatives voted in favor of the motion. The NDP, everyone was kind of wondering, well, what would the NDP do? They backed the government's throne speech. Would they stand up for the liberals uh, in this case? And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh talked about, well, he didn't want to give Justin Trudeau the election that he wanted. And even if he wanted an election, does anyone buy the NDP and their kind of valiant effort to spare Canadians a trip to the polls? Like, is it just a case of the NDP don't want an election or is he being sincere when he says, well, I'm not going to give Justin Trudeau what he wants? I'd say uh, one and the other kind of coexist in the NDP space in this case. The NDP clearly does not want an election right now because they're not quite ready. Um, we all talk about how the NDP might be on the, the, the financial brink. I don't think it's necessarily that bad, but uh, it was even being reported this weekend uh, in the National Post that the NDP says we can do it, we can run an election, but it's going to be a toned down campaign for us. And that is obviously not the kind of campaign you want to be running at any given moment, but especially not during a pandemic where you know, the way that these parties campaign is going to be flipped inside out. A lot of it was clearly the NDP is not ready for election, does not want an election, does not feel like they're in a position to hold an election. And so it was not in their interest to go ahead and allow an election to happen. But with that being said, I do believe that there is some credence to that argument that both the Greens, uh, sorry, both the NDP and the Greens, with their you know mighty three MPs, had that is that no one actually wants this election in amongst the electorate. No mm-hmm. Canadians right now is saying, "I cannot wait to go vote at the polls in the middle of this second wave of the pandemic that is crashing over Canada's you know biggest provinces." So, there, you know, the NDP tried to sound, you know, make themselves sound like the voice of reason within Parliament. That's obviously, you know, that's all going to come down to common strategy. But I do think that some Canadians will see, and I, I do like to believe that that is being adult in the room, is saying, hey, like it is so not time for an election right now. Um, let's not do that. And, you know, obviously, but now they're going to have to convince Canadian that is the main reason they didn't do it, as opposed to a purely political, we're not ready as a, as a party for a campaign reason. How difficult a line is that to walk for the NDP where, you know, on some major votes in the house, they basically back the liberal party, uh, you know, on the throne speech now on something related to the, the we scandal, which I think a lot of people feel taints the liberal brand, you know, how, how long can the NDP go on voting alongside the liberals in essentially a liberal NDP coalition before NDP voters kind of get sick and tired of it and say, wait a second, who are you sticking up for? Are you, are you, are you sticking up for our base or, or Canadian voters? Or are you sticking up for Justin Trudeau and the corrupt liberals? That's a really interesting question, and it's going to be a tough question to answer uh, until we have kind of hindsight on it. Um, The NDP voter base has always been a very broad spectrum of left-wingers. So from the more center-left on one side that want just basically to strengthen Canada's social security net 
and make sure that you know every and, and fight income uh, sorry inequalities and equities uh, and basically you know just have a very mainstream but left wing program all the way to the very very hard left you know if you go to an NDP and you know convention the one of the first stands you'll see and it's usually just outside of the main room is the Marxist Leninist group um, <laughs> and so you do have this right streak and and I do get the sense that. There is that you know, obviously that hard left side wants nothing to do with propping up the liberals, and I do get the sense talking to various people within the party that that feeling is kind of if you imagine it on a left you know left to right spectrum within the NDP context, you know the hard left now is very tired of that propping up, but that that tiredness is spreading now more towards the middle, and it's kind of reaching into a larger swath of the NDP electorate who isn't always satisfied by the way that the liberals are dealing with this pandemic and, as you say, don't want their party to become the eternal prop-up for the liberals because at that point you just become an arm of the liberal party, right? So that's got to be the, the the math that Jagmeet Singh and the, part, and the NDP is doing constantly is what is that breaking point for us where we stop being the NDP and we start being the liberal NDP? You know, the liberals NDP wing. And mm -hmm. I get the sense that that is coming sooner rather than later because we are now a few votes in where major liberal legislation or major liberal initiatives have been supported specifically by the NDP, whereas the all the other opposition parties came out strongly against them. Now, dealing with the... We scandal and the conservative motion to to kind of get more power to investigate what was going on with We Charity and the Liberals. What happens with that now that this motion failed? Are there any other tricks in the tool bag uh, for the Conservative Party to further look into this? There certainly are. Obviously, it's not because a, a new anti-corruption committee hasn't been created that the uh, existing committees can't continue looking at it. And that's a battle that I believe is going to continue being waged in parliament and within committees. So actually, when Jagmeet Singh last week declared that he was not going to lead Canadians to the polls, so basically support the Liberals uh, in fighting the Conservative motion. He did say that they would also be bringing forward a new motion in the Ethics Committee, for example, to continue the study of the We Charity issue within that committee. Um, and so I do believe that there will be at least one, if not maybe two, we'll see, uh, committees who will at least continue a cursory study um, of the issue and any other issue that might arise. But I think, Dave, it's going to be a far cry from the four committees we had over the summer targeting that issue specifically. It'll be maybe one, maybe two, and and thankful. well, not thankfully, sorry, but you know, the liberals will be thankful um, that it'll just be that because they don't dominate any committee, right? They're a minority mm -hmm. government. So the oppositions, you know, the only way that the liberals can and have been fighting new studies on we and committees is by filibustering that. But you can only do that so long before suddenly you really start seeing hits in the polls. So uh, the issue will go on. It will be in committee, though, in, in, in parts of committees that already exist, not a new committee and not arguably, you know, in the broader uh, light as it used to be this summer. Are there other votes coming up in the House that could be considered confidence votes? I understand the conservatives were pushing to get a whole bunch more info uh, out of the government related to the pandemic response. Have the liberals threatened to make those kind of motions 
confidence votes or what what happens in the house next as of now no other confidence votes and uh, obviously it is important to know that uh, the it is the government that will always can decide what or what isn't a confidence motion so what yeah. wasn't a confidence vote one day can become one the next day um, though I uh, so as of now yeah, as you said the conservatives have brought forward other motions to produce documents related to weed to produce documents uh, regarding pandemic spending none of those yet by the liberals have been declared confidence votes I don't think they will be uh, anytime soon honestly Dave, a confidence vote is a nuclear option by any you know any standard. It really is because one wrong vote, even one mistake, one MP who forgets to log in, can make <laughs> the government fall. Right. Yeah. So you don't. That is the last or one of the last tools you have in your toolbox. The last thing you want to be doing is pulling it out at every second because at one point. A, Canadians will start seeing this as a desperate clinging on to power. If you always think you're going to lose a vote, just make it a confidence vote, and then suddenly you're going to win all the time. That's, that's, that reeks of desperation, right? Um, and also, the opposition parties are only going to go so far. Uh, and, you know, if you get two, three votes in a row that suddenly start confidence votes, I don't think that the government would survive a week, right? Yeah. So. And this is my prediction that is based on obviously no internal knowledge, but uh, there will be a fall uh, economic update, a mini budget of sorts that should be in the works uh, in the next few weeks and months by the end of the year. And those are always confidence votes. Budget matters are always confidence votes. And I suspect that will be the next one. All right. Well, we'll watch closely for that when it comes up. Chris, thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Dave, for having me. 10.3 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Chris Nardi. More from him at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>